Hello, welcome back. Another week, another send him off episode, another edition of uh, the big game. Our new little segment where we do some proper analysis, although it's not really. We just just have a laugh to me and a bit of a chat. But uh, joining me as always is my ever present podcasting partner with some uh, Wi-Fi difficulties. <laughs> Alex, absolutely awful, absolutely awful. I, you know, you you're supposed to check this like in advance. I didn't. Of course I didn't. When when would I ever do that? Makes no sense. But there we are. We're here. Hopefully you can all see me. Hopefully you can all hear me. And we're not alone. We are joint, Sam. You do the intro because I always cock the intros up, don't I? Uh, well, you said in on me, mate. I, exactly. We're joined by uh, two guests who are fountains of knowledge of their respective clubs. In the, uh, in the red corner, we've got uh, Man United writer for the Manchester Evening News. Omar, how are you doing? Omar Garrick. Yeah, nice not too bad, Sam. How are you guys doing? Alex as well. Um, how are well, you well, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see if we get to the end of this episode. <laughs> if I freeze or not, you know. We'll see. Well, it might just be me by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Oh, but um, no, I'm, I'm happy to be back on, guys. Yeah, happy to, happy to have you back. Yeah. yeah, good to have you back. And in uh, the Claret and Blue Corner. I'm, I'm so glad you said yeah, that. Because yeah. I thought about that. Just, Claret like, and I'm Blue so Corner. We've got... Uh, Another returning guest, Black Cab Driver and stand-up comedian, friend of the podcast, Trevor Bickles. How are you doing? Hello, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Good seeing you and good to see you as well, Alex. Well, everything considering. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, know. I, th- I honestly thought someone was going to send a messenger pigeon at one point. It was good, good to see you moving <laughs> in real time twice. rather than lagging. Ropes, I know. But there we are. Um, right. We're yeah, finally we do. doing this episode, like after last week, we're doing this episode like properly now. So let's let's have yeah. some proper debate. Let's get into each other. Come on, boys. Yeah, stuck in there. We'll have to separate, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, steward somewhere. We are here, of course, to talk about West Ham uh against Man United. Um it is at West Ham, isn't it? I probably should have done that. Old Trafford. Old, <laughs> Trafford. Old Trafford. There we are. Manchester United v West Ham. Good start, yeah. Sam. Good start. <laughs> Um, we'll go to the away team first then, Trevor. Obviously, a pretty good season so far for your boys. Uh, pretty good form. I mean, Jared Bowen, I mean, Ballon d'Or or what? He's outstanding. <laughs> oh, he's he's flying. He's got to get an England call-up. I think with the exception of last week's calamity against Leeds, um, which it was a complete calamity, but no, you know, not taking away from Leeds, they've done brilliant. Um, we have had a great season. We had a little bit of a blip in December. Um, but I think that was fixture pile-up catching up on us. You know, we're not used to having Europe and things like that. Um, but we seem to have got back on track. Um, and, yeah, we've got a few players coming back from injury as well, which is good. Um, we've got Zuma coming back and Sushek. Apparently, they're going to be hopefully fit for the game, which is a massive, massive plus for us. Uh, but, yeah, in general, you can't really complain. It's been all right, hasn't it? I, I, I could get used to this. I'm getting a bit dizzy up this end of the table. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Man United um, fans might not be able to sort of help me out with that one, but I don't know what to do. It's too high. <laughs> you uh you mentioned Jared Bowen for England. I'm praying to God that he's got uh like you know a grandmother's best friend someone knows Welsh. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Don't he must way. know someone who's Welsh, surely. That doesn't that qualify you <laughs> these days? I think it is. You know, have a Welsh friend. Um isn't yeah. um, this, this is my English geography. It's Hereford near Wales. That is near Wales, isn't it? Yeah, it's not Hereford's far England, no? Yeah. yeah, but it's not on the border, isn't it? Right on the border, not yeah, yeah, the border. So that's where he's from. He's from Hereford. Oh, so literally, was. It, it's possible. It, it is yeah. possible. You know what I mean? Oof, finger, you get me on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> Don't, do that. Don't do that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, West, West Ham, though. Playing. Fourth. Fourth in the league. Um, quite a way... Well, I say quite a way off. They, what, five points and two games ahead of uh, of your boys, Omar. So I've, your... I've got to know, though, just quick before we... Are you dreaming yet? Are you daring to dream of a Champions League? Uh, do you know what? I'm... I, I... <laughs> I'm going to be realistic, and I think I'm just being a pe- still being a pessimistic West Ham fan, and I think we're going to finish sixth. I think we, we've we've let too many points slip against like lesser opposition. No disrespect, but we have people like Southampton, Leeds, people like Burnley. Um, I think there's teams around us with a lot of games in hand. I think Spurs have got games in hand. What with all the COVID fixtures and things like that, fourth would be the dream, absolute dream. But I think realistically, it's going to sixth. Anything less than six would be a disaster. I think six would be a great season for us. It ain't mad that if you told it two years ago that you'd be saying on a podcast, anything less than a six-place uh, Premier League finish is a nightmare. Like it's it, it mate, it's different world for us. People think I'll be drunk. People think I'll be mental. <laughs> you know, they would literally think you've lost the plot, you know. Mm. And it's funny because we it's like like I said, it's it's new territory for us. You know, we're so used to being either in the mix in the middle or fighting relegation. We, you know, there's a running joke at the minute. We're going, was it with three points off safety? <laughs> All West Ham fans are thinking that we are literally three points away from safety. But do you know what? Full credit to Moyes. I think a testament to him and his backroom staff, what they've done at that club is nothing short of fantastic. You know, we just need to get more investment. You know, I don't know if you're going to touch on the transfers later, but we, we're kind of that, we're that cusp. A few more players, and I think we could really sort of be up there with the big boys, definitely. Speaking of the big boys, oh, well. um, how many points off safety are United, Omar? <laughs> a few less, I think. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, United haven't been, I wouldn't say, they haven't been convincing this season, I think, in large parts. Recently, I mean, since Ralph Rangnick has come in, I think loads of people expected him to make a change instantly and kind of have a similar impact to what Thomas Tuchel had at Chelsea. But it hasn't happened like that. And I think a lot of, you've got, I don't like to say blame, but I think the players have to take a bit of credit and a bit of responsibility for what's been going on at the club. I think, I mean, Anthony Martial wants to leave. Paul Pogba is, I mean, it's looking likely that he's not going to sign a new deal. I think there's a lot of dressing room discontent there because the squad is so big and there's certain players that just aren't getting game time, the likes of Dean Henderson, Donny van der Beek, um, Jesse Vingard as well, Martial as well. So I think it's very split, the dressing room. And I think when you have a split dressing room, massively contrasting to what West Ham United have got, I mean, there there seems to be a real team spirit that David Moyes Mm. has created in there. Um, And full credit to him. But United just don't seem to have that at the moment. There's reports of you know, segments of like the Portuguese side of things, such as Ronaldo, Dallo, Bruno Fernandes, controlled on one side. And then you've got the English players like Harry Maguire, Jesse Lingard, Luke Shaw. Um, they're in one corner. And then you've got these other players that are in some sort of limbo. So it's a difficult one. At this current moment in time, I think United are going to really struggle to get top four. I really do. Because they just can't seem to hit that consistency. But the Villa game did kind of offer a bit of hope in the sense because Ralph Rangnick, what he did, he changed his system to, from a 4-2-2-2 to a 4-3-3. And it, it seemed to work better. There seemed to be more fluidity in the game. Bruno Fernandes was getting on the ball a lot more and he was showing signs of 
the form he was showing last season. So it's going to be interesting going forward, but I think it's going to be a tight game on Saturday, that's for sure. Before we actually get into the sort of nitty-gritty of the actual game, I just want to... You're a man of the press, Omar. Um, <laughs> I I read... Ready, here we reports, go. I read some reports on Twitter yesterday that uh, Ralph Ragnick has said that Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire, and I believe is Wan-Bissaka aren't mm. good enough and need replacing. How true is that? I, it's a difficult one, but from what I understand, he, from what Ralph Rannick likes in... OK, let's take the fullbacks, for example. From what Ralph Rannick likes in his fullbacks, he likes offensive play, basically. And Luke Shaw now in Wan-Bissaka... I mean, Luke Shaw, you could argue that he does have a, a lot of attacking traits, but he's more of an all-rounded fullback compared to the likes of Alex Tellez. And Aaron Wambasaka, defensively, he he's sound. He is a defensive fullback, but going forward, he isn't in the elite category as I'd put maybe Trent Alexander-Arnold or Rhys James or Jao Cancelo, for the matter. Um, and I think the way Ragnit likes his fullbacks playing with width, with offensive play, I think you can presume, and I do think it is true, that he is going to like a certain type of fullback, and that's why I think he is preferring the likes of Diogo Dallo and Alex Tellers, who are both starting tonight. In terms of Harry Maguire, I think you've got to look at it contextually. He hasn't had a good season at all. And I personally think Harry Maguire doesn't suit Manchester United. And I think there's a lot of people that are coming to terms with that because I think he only performs well in the back three, like we see with England. I think he needs those two centre backs to cover him because he's he doesn't he's not the quickest. He's not. I mean, he's a brilliant passer of the ball, but he always seems to perform well and perform better in a back three than he does when in a back two in a back four, for example. And I think a lot of United supporters have looked at you know the history of the club captains and stuff, and they've never gone through spells like this where. They're not hated, but they're disliked. I mean, Roy, take for example, Roy Keane, Nemanja Vidic, Gary Neville, they were all liked by the fan base. I think there's too many segments of the fan base at the moment that don't like Harry Maguire as captain. And that's why I do fear for him. But do I see United selling? No, I don't. But can I see United going for another centre-back? Yes, I do. And I think if that happens, then Maguire could be replaced on, on a long-term basis. It's interesting, isn't it? I love. I thought he was going to I be think... very political and democratic, but he just went in. He just went in. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I... you did, to be honest. You put it up I... at us, Harry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting you said that. I think as Swansea fans, me and Alex, as you was pricked up a bit when you were talking about the fullback situation, because obviously we've had Ethan Laird oh. ripped from underneath us. Um, and I, I don't want to get into that. It's still too right. soon. It, stings, it's still it too does soon. sting a bit. Uh, and but, given to Bournemouth, but obviously Bournemouth play a, a back four, we play a back five. So maybe that maybe that was a, a sort of Rangnick decision to blood him for maybe next season, maybe the season after, because I can see him staying with Bournemouth beyond this season. I mean, I mean, if I if if it was me now, I, I would recall him back because I think he's an absolute sensational talent. I mean, you full well, you guys will full well know yeah, how good is. I mean, he's mm. so good. And I do think he could become a Trent Alexander type if he's molded correctly by Rangnick, because I mean it was Jurgen Klopp who developed Trent Alexander Arnold from you know from the youth academy to the to the senior team. And I think if 
under the guidance of Ragnik Gore, the next permanent manager. Um, I'm, I'm sure you want to get into it in a minute, but I think that Ethan there's got a bright future at United, that's for sure. Definitely. We, we could see that coming from the start of the season. Oh, it was blatant. It was blatant. Like, we're going to have to stop I'm, talking about this. I'm getting too yeah, sad. Yeah. <laughs> I want to ask a question. And it's directed at Trevor, and I'm sick of all this nicey, nicey nonsense. Trevor, do you fear Manchester United? In a word. Not as much as we used to. There we are. Tell me one. Get into That's it. That's more than one word. Get into it. More than one word. Get into it. I think going to Old Trafford, no matter who you are, it, you know, it comes with a certain, you know, fit, not fear facts, but a reputation to it. So you can't take it lightly. But is it the Man United that we were playing 10 years ago? No. Was it five years ago? No. And I think they've got that kind of there to be beaten attitude, like feeling about them now. Like obviously, what with a lot of things, obviously from outside looking in, a lot of, you know, sort of negativity in the press, like what you said, Omar, about obviously negativity around the club. You know, if, if Moyes could be looking at his players now going, look, they, these guys are here for the taking. You know, they, this isn't the old Man United of old. So I think you've still got to be careful. It's not, you know, it's not an easy, it's not going to be an easy game, but it's definitely got more of a shot this time than ever. Omar, what have we got to say about that? Um, I mean, I think it just shows how, I don't like saying the decline of United, but I just think it just shows the mess this season that there has been in terms of the results. And I think if you bring in, you know, all the things of dressing room discontent and so on and the negativity around the club, like like Trevor just reminded me there, unfortunately. But... <laughs> Sorry about that, mate. Bring <laughs> um, <laughs> <but>, up stuff. <laughs> but if you if you take that all into consideration, I think, you know, from the outside perspective, I probably would say United are there to be got at. Um, but at the same time, you don't know with this United side, they either turn up or they don't. Mm. Uh, and I mean, the best example of that was actually the West Ham United game at, at the London Stadium where United didn't actually play that well. And mm. they somehow managed to get the three points. So, And I think tonight's game against Brentford will teach us a lot more because I thought in that Villa game, that was actually United's best performance on the Ragnick and they kind of sloppily gave the uh, gave the win away. But I think tonight, Brentford are a tough side. I think it's a horrible away day, to be honest with you, especially under the floodlights at, at the Brentford Community Stadium. Now that's become a thing for some reason. But um, I think it's going to be, I think we're going to learn a lot more about this United side. And if, if he, if the wingers get more into the, into the play with the 4 3 3 system, then I think, think there's a lot of positivities to take into Saturday's match. I'm actually really looking forward to this game now. Not I, really I really yeah. am. I think it's going to be a good old game. Omar, if there's one player, if you were Ralph Ragnick now, and you said there's one player to watch in the West Ham side, who would you who would you pinpoint? I think you'll be Jared Bowen. I mean, he's just been absolutely sensational um, recently. But I've, I have been impressed a lot with West Ham this season in terms of you know, the actual all-round displays of of David Moyes' team, it just looks like a solid unit, to be honest with you. I mean, the back four always looks consistent. The midfield duo, Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek are solid. And then I think that fluidity of Lanzini and Pablo Fornals can create real threats because I've noticed with their movement, it's absolutely sensational. And what I do like about West Ham as well is when they do play their systems, they like getting their wing-backs forward. Um which create over which create which create overloads the fullback sorry and um, yeah the overloads they create are, are absolutely sensational I think that is a key area where West Ham could get at United because Ralph Rannick has spoken a lot about his wingers I mean his fullback sorry wanting to push up high and push forward but 
I think that's an that's an area that, that West Ham can exploit, can exploit if they use their overloads of Sufau and uh, Aaron Cresswell. I don't know if Cresswell is Cresswell injured. I'm not too sure. Trevor. No, he's back. He's back he's now. Back. Cresswell played play the other night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that could be a real problem for United because I think the fullbacks are an area where there's still a bit of debate around it. To be honest with you, because yeah, as I said, that Ranit prefers more offensive fullbacks, but the consequence of that is that they're not really that good defensively. And yeah, if West Ham have those overloads, then I think it could create a real problem in the in the wide areas. What a good answer. Very, very yeah, well structured. Yeah, I know. Well structured <laughs> answer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trev, top um, that one, Matt. Go on. Don't expect anything as constructive. Like, <laughs> 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 no, I, I, I think. Um, no, I think obviously players look out for. I suppose at Man United, it's going to be Ronaldo, um, and obviously someone like Cavani. I think the reason why I put them two in there is because if we can get if Zuma's back fit, that'd be a massive help to us because our, our weakness at the minute are our centre backs. Since we've lost Zuma and um, Ogbonna, that's been a bit of a weak point for us. Diop's not really done it. And Dawson, we know what Dawson is. He's a no-frills sort of top-quality championship player, but he's not really, you know, against someone like Man United, he could struggle a bit. So I think someone like those two down the middle, sort of giving him a bit of grief, could be a bit of a problem. Um, I think oh, you took words out of my mouth a bit about the overlapping from us. That's something we've been really doing well this season. And I think we could really exploit from you guys. I, I'm, I actually think this is going to be quite a sort of, not high school. I think it's going to be a, a few goals in this one. Yeah, I really yeah. I'd like I to see a, a couple goals of goals. I would like to see a couple of goals. Is uh, Miguel Antonio playing? Because I remembered him going off. I, I I didn't see the game after. I can't remember if he's fit or not. Yeah, no, he's fit. He is playing. Um, they seem they've, they've got him in the middle. Um, he does seem to be drifting out wide a little bit. But well, he, you know, he's done great. You've got to give him a lot of credit for. He's not actually a forward. He's kind of like a sort of out on the right coming in, sort of like Traore sort of player. And we've had to sort of well, adapt him into a centre forward role. Because we had no one, and Wasn't he's done really, really, really well in his career. I was Say literally about to ask this. Yeah, was it a fever dream, or did he play right back I, one time? I was going to say, yeah. no, no, he did. Yeah. Right back, I, yeah. I honestly yeah. thought he I was did. on a fever dream. <laughs> when 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 Bilic had a bit went on a bit of a mad one, and for some reason, yeah. I think he went as right back as cover on a random game, and then Bilic went, "Are we going to make you into a right back?" And he was like, "No." Why are you putting me in right back? And I think apparently the rumor is that obviously Coach Bullets wasn't too happy about it and said, look, you know, I'm a forward or natural position. But yeah, he did play right back at some point. Um, but he, he's one of these players where if you put him in that position, he'll give it a go. He'll try his hardest. Um, obviously, we do worry about him pushing too much, obviously, with his injuries. Um, I personally, this is my personal opinion, I think he's been holding back a little bit because of that, because he knows there's no one in the back to sort of um, take over from him. Like if he gets injured, we've got no forward. So I think that he's been holding back a little bit. But if he can if he can make the run on an, um, Maguire, like you say, he's not that quick. And, you know, with someone like Bowen and him running at him, that we could be a, it could be quite dangerous. could be quite dangerous. I think it could be. It, yeah, United could struggle. I think the thing is that Maguire has been benched tonight oh, on the day yeah. of recording against against Brentford. It doesn't look like Ragnick is... I know we've, we've discussed he's not a big fan of him. But he's not playing him just because he's the captain either. Like he is making the changes. Mm. Oh, where's Phil Jones gone now? Because he had a really good game the other day. He, he really actually did play game. really well. I absolutely love that bloke. Just putting it out there because. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, no. I, he, against Wolves, he was actually. I actually thought he was United's best defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, United have always United have had a problem all season with conceding goals, and I just think. To be honest, I do sometimes feel sorry for Maguire in the sense that he is used as the scapegoat quite a lot because he is the captain um, and he has, you know, this kind of persona and this 
almost reputation in this unit in the United fan base for being like a take the piss out of character, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. you know, people call him Slabhead, people say he drinks the Jaeger. I was I was literally about to call him Slabhead. I don't know. Like <laughs> well, well, this is the thing. I think because there's such a comedic like feeling around him, sometimes people can't really take him that seriously. And I think that's part of the problem sometimes with Maguire. I think whatever he tries, there's always going to be some person in the United fan base that criticises whatever he does. Yeah, uh, and I think that's the problem he's in at the moment. Um, and that's maybe why Ragnick has benched him a lot. I mean, there's reports that are saying he's got a he's got a, a rib injury, but I, I'm not so sure I believe that because I think there's a lot of things that have been coming out of United at the moment that just haven't seemed to be true. Um, so I think there is a deeper issue there. But going back to your point of Phil Jones, yeah, absolutely love the blow. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>, man. Um <laughs> I was going to ask about transfers. Just I know it's not match related, and I know we got both of your views for our transfer watch episode. But now, obviously, we're about well, we're just over halfway through the month. Um, so Trevor, what do you think? Just, just to hit the jack quickly, when we did those episodes, I think if we said to Trevor, "Look, you'll be above United come January," your your January transfers are going to be looking a bit different. You would have. I don't know whether you would have believed me, mate. I'm not going to I, lie. I, I, I would have been. Kind, I just believed you a little bit because of the way we were playing, but. To be above Man United the way we are, no, I wouldn't. Like I say, it's still, it's still lovely. For, it's it's nice. It's been unique for us and a bit new for us. But um, you wanted to talk about about, about the transfers. Like mm-hmm. we're linked with mm-hmm. everyone. You know, literally, you pick up. A, there's a press report. We're linked with them. The, the latest one I heard was Andy Carroll. Apparently, <laughs> um, well, no. I heard he was going. It wasn't Burnley. Westside. I heard Burnley. That Bur- was the one. Bur- yeah. Burnley, but apparently in socials, it was it was circulating that. West Ham were looking at looking at him, and we were all kind of going, "What next? You're going to bring back Mido and Benny McCarthy at the same time? It's like, <laughs> it's like, what are we doing?" Um, it's the same old West Ham transfer window. We linked with everyone, get no one, um, which is, I think, I've been our biggest bugbear in the fact that we do have a small squad and we do need players. Um, the biggest ones I'd say that probably might happen is um, I can't if it begins with a H. I can't pronounce his name. He plays for Sparta Prague. He's a forward, 19 year old young guy, Lozek or something like that, isn't it? Lozek, yeah, something yeah. like that. Uh, we've got a guy from uh, Brazil that's made me really interested, Gabriel Batista. He's like Barbosa or something like that. Barbosa, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Another guy you mean, yeah. And um, the last one I heard centre-backs wise was Nathan Aki. Um, but once again, typical West Ham, we'll leave it to the last minute. Will we get someone? I don't know, but we, we really, really need at least one forward, I'd say. I saw Probably you never having one of our boys, to be honest. Ben Cabango, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there we are. Linked, what did I say? They were linked. There we are. They were linked last week to Ben Cabango. That's what I'm saying. We link with everyone. Literally, if, if they're half if they're half decent or their agents put a name out there, our name will be in the frame, basically. And I think a lot of West Ham fans, I know if you go on the socials, we're getting a bit bored of it. It's like transfer window time, it's like, oh, here we go. You know, link with everyone, get like I said, link with everyone, get no one. So so no, but we do need a the Swans fans, we link yeah. with nobody. <laughs> we never yeah. sign anyone, we don't still man. get no one, so there we are. <laughs> um Omar, uh, what do United need to do? Um, I mean Similar to Trevor, really, I think United get linked to loads of players, but for some reason they just don't seem to want to. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense to me though, because I, you know, after seeing the way Ethan Laird plays and things, that they'll still be linked with another fullback, another you know attacking with. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me why United are still you know going out and using the transfer windows, and they don't need it. Do you yeah. think they need it, or am I just am I just talking out of my 
No, I, no, I think I think you're speaking sense. I think there's been one criticism which has resonated with me, and it's that United always spend, you know, buy these fifty million pound players, and then they end up, I mean, back to square one, as they'd say. And I think if you look at, I mean, I hate saying this because they're United's rivals, but if you look at Liverpool's strategy in the transfer market, it's like a money ball approach where they use statistics, data, analysis, and buy players that fit into the mold of a philosophy that's that's molded around Jurgen Klopp and the manager or the manager Jurgen Klopp. I think United have a ten, have had a tendency to go for not the obvious players, but players that would please the fan base more than the players that they actually need. And I think that's been their problem with them. And that's why there are a few gaping holes, or should I say, in, in the squad. Um, for our understanding, United are unlikely to, um, or this is the Manchester Evening News understanding, United are unlikely to um, sign anybody in the in the window. They're drawing up um, a shortlist for summer targets. Um, there's reports that you know United are interested in Declan Rice and, and Jude Bellerin, but I don't think I personally, if you want my opinion, I don't think they will sign any of them because if they do miss out on the Champions League, then that's going to be a big, you know, a key area that players look out for. And yeah, if United miss out on that, then I don't think those types of players will come. But if they do come, then yeah, maybe then maybe those types of players will come. But in terms of names that have been linked, um, well, well, United need a defensive midfielder. I think there's a gaping hole in the middle of the midfield. And the one name that has been linked is Amadou Haidara from RB Leipzig. Um, he's got a £33 million release clause and apparently Ralph Rannick really likes him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if there are any developments on that if United do lose this game or the game at the weekend. But I, I don't think it's likely, to be honest with you. And I think, yeah, United are going to be strengthening the summer if it's going to be anything else. Can I just say, I think that's the first bit of like actual serious journalism we've ever yeah, had nonsense. That was the first couple of seconds we've yeah. had. So thank you for that, Omar. Thank you for that. Okay, we um, we're going to clip that and make it look like a really like posh mm, podcast. Yeah. Like, yeah. We'll just save that. Um, we'll keep that in like the archives or something. We'll just dig it yeah. out. <laughs> Send that for show reel. That's yeah, yeah. for show reel, that is. Um, <laughs> thank you both for joining us. Thank you for bo- uh, both for your insights. Um, Finally, before we go, Last can we get least. a little uh, score prediction? So, shall we go to the claret and blue corner, as I called it? Trevor? Well, I'm going to go for... It's going to be a score draw. I'm going to go for a Desmond's. I'm going to go for 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Two, two. That's a good game, that is. A two, Omar? Two. I was going to go for 2-2, two, two, Trevor. I'll go something different. I'll go... Uh, oh. I'll go 1-1. One, one. I'll go 1-1. One, one. One. Okay. One all. Alex? Either way, it's a deadlock. Um, do you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to say 3-2 West Ham. 3-2. I'm going to I'm gonna say 3-2 West okay. Ham. Okay. I fancy a couple of goals. Yeah, I'm going 2-1 West Ham. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, West I'm not. It's only Oman backing them. So before I make night. Haven't times changed. Haven't times changed. I know. Tell me about it. Um, well, thank you both uh, both for joining us. Do you like Pleasure to take gentlemen. a couple of... Yeah, do you want to plug your social medias or whatever we can find whatever your work? You do. Trevor? Go on, uh, me first? Or I, go on, well, you go first. Uh, yeah, just uh, ga- at Gary Comer on Twitter. You can find me on there and I'm, I'm tweeting away about literally everything. So yeah, if you want to come 
find what I'm tweeting about. Probably just a load of stupid rubbish, but yeah, give me a follow. <laughs> you, you've sold that wonderfully. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what we do, to be honest. But yeah, myself, um, I'm on uh, Instagram, Trevor Bickles, uh, TikTok, Big Trev uh, Comedy. Uh, Big Trev, I think it's Big Trev Comedy or Big Trev Taxi. Um, and yeah, basically, best we can find me on the socials, really. There we are. He is, he is on YouTube as well, everyone. Oh, you always remind me of that one. Yeah, the, the real taxi. <laughs> always, I always forget that one. I'm on, I've got uh, the Real Taxi Show on YouTube. It's a taxi-based chat show. It's called the Real Taxi Real Taxi Show, based on a fake version. You may have seen. Um, maybe you have Sam. I don't know. Uh, not too sure. I'm on that as well. Check that out on YouTube. Well. Lovely. Thank you both. Uh, enjoy the game as well. I hope it's uh, well. If our predictions or anything to go by, I think it's going to be quite. Uh, we all know it's going to finish nil, nil, don't we? Yeah, be, yeah. it will be yeah, nil, 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 nil. But there we are. We can hope. There we are. Another one done. Another week. Another episode. Alex, been a pleasure. As always, always a pleasure. Always, always a, pleasure. a pleasure. Next right, week, uh, what next week? I don't know, mate, to be honest. The news, maybe. We'll maybe. We'll Whatever see. we feel like, innit? Yeah, they were. Podcast, we do what we like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. thank you guys for listening. We'll leave you to it. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good uh, weekend again. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go now. You go off, Take He's care. Off, <laughs> see you later, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Take care. 